At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast, this is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. Oh, it's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside the VSIN studios here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. It is Betting Across America. Presented by BetMGM. Femi and Bebefe alongside Amal Shah coming to you guys for three hours as we discuss all things championship weekend in the NFL and, of course, a full slate in college basketball. We have four fantastic guests on the show this morning. Some might even call it a fantastic four. Richard Skinner of Local 12 Cincinnati joining us in 45 minutes. <clears throat> Excuse me. As we break down the AFC championship game between the Bengals and Chiefs, Aaron Ladd of KSHB 41 in Kansas City checks in with us at 10. 30, giving us the other perspective of the AFC title game. Last week, he thought Casey was in a little bit of trouble. We'll gauge his temperature in 90 minutes. Aaron Torres, Fox Sports college basketball writer, joins us at 11.15, talking all things college hoops, including the Big 12 SEC Challenge, which is highlighted by Kentucky visiting Kansas. And then Dave Ross, the VEASAN host and host of the First Strike podcast, joins us at 11.45 as we pass the baton to the Ross and Reynolds connection for the second half of BAA. Picks at 11.30, conference championship trends to track at 1045 stop drop shut them down open up props at the top of hour number two a game of who would you rather have at 1045 going position by position in these conference championship games i say all of that to say amal shah how are we doing on this saturday morning i'm doing well thanks how are you I'm doing fantastic. It's been a while since we've worked together, buddy. Now that we're in the conference slate here in College Hoops, I know you're excited. You got the ad, iPad charged up, fully ready to rock as we look for some in-game opportunities over the next three hours. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. I mean, once you get into conference play, there's some great opportunities. You mentioned it earlier when we <laughs> talked with Aaron Torres about the SEC Big 12 Challenge. Mm-hmm. Really a terrific matchup. These are the two best leagues in college football. Uh, unfortunately for the Big 12, you only have 10 teams, so it's not necessarily aligned evenly in terms of where you're – it's not necessarily a 1 through 10, but it seems like because the SEC's got those four additional teams, slight advantage there, but I still think the Big 12 emerges today. Yeah, the Big 12, in my opinion, probably the best conference in college basketball. We'll ask Aaron Torres that question as well, but first we want to get into Conference Championship Sunday, Amal. The Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC title game. This game kicks off at noon Pacific time, 3 o'clock Eastern, over at Arrowhead Stadium, where the Chiefs are 7.5 point favorites, with a total of 54.5, and Amal 
Is there any value in this? Because we get to this point of the season, the lines get sharper, and we all know what the difference is between these two teams are. But do you think there's any value, whether it be the side or the total, in this AFC conference clash? Well, again, it depends on your perspective, right? If you like one side over the other, then you deem it to be value. I, I'm not as big of a fan of that term as maybe other people are. I look at it like, do you like the matchup? You know, for example, in the NFC, I, I'm surprised that the Rams were a three-and-a-half-point dog, excuse me, favorite. Uh, as opposed to the 49ers being two and a half in that one. So it just depends on how you see it. I, I think Kansas City is going to have a hard time to cover this game by seven. Remember, Cincinnati beat them earlier, so revenge spot for KC. But Burrow, Chase, Mixon, T. Higgins, this team's going to be able to move the ball. It wasn't like Kansas City's defense was even close to being elite against the Buffalo Bills. It was just Buffalo. See old Deshaun Watson line. They didn't get beat. They just ran out of time. Yeah, no, that, that game last week was just absolutely terrific. Seeing those two quarterbacks going back and forth, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. One team had to lose, unfortunately, for Bills Mafia. It was Buffalo as KC now hosting a fourth consecutive AFC championship game. First time we've ever seen that in NFL history, a team hosting a conference championship for four straight years. What do you think that atmosphere is going to be like? And do you believe in this Cincinnati team that is so young to be able to handle that atmosphere and that crowd noise that they've never really seen before at Arrowhead Stadium. Yeah, but you know what? It starts with their leader, Joe Burrow, and he's played in more challenging environments at the collegiate level. I mean, there's there's no stadium in the SEC. I shouldn't say no stadium, but there are stadiums in the SEC that I would argue they're far louder than playing at Arrowhead Stadium. I mean, whether you play in College Station, remember they won in Alabama in 2019. So mm -hmm. I think that'll help out. It's going to come down to this for me. If Cincinnati can be minus one or zero on turnovers, I think they got a great shot to pull out a victory. I know a lot of people don't think so. If they don't, I think they get dusted in this game. Kansas City's offense has been elite, has been for the last several years, ever since Mahomes has taken over. Uh, but I think the pass rush could be dangerous because with Hendrickson and Hubbard, they could get home in this one potentially. And the Kansas City defense, lots of concerns. I mean, I, it, I tell you, it does not tell you how great Patrick Mahomes is when you realize this team's stretch, you mentioned it, four consecutive AFC championship games at home, mm -hmm. despite, despite this horrific defense they've had. It's like they intentionally say, listen, we don't want to have a competitive defense. <laughs> I mean, if you're the Chiefs next year in the draft, you should be drafting defensively only. The, the defense is god-awful putrid. There's just no other way to put it. I mean, think about this in that Buffalo game earlier this year. They absolutely got boat raced. We see that happen so many times. They had that stretch of seven consecutive games of two-plus turnovers. You can't rely on that in the postseason. Yeah, that defense is not uh, much to write home about for this yeah. Kansas City Chiefs team, but that shows the greatness of Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, the weapons that they have on offense, that they continue to be in these types of games late in the year. Now, it's interesting because we saw these two teams play week 17 them all. Cincinnati won that game 34-31. to They were three-and-a-half-point underdogs that game. The game flies over the total. We've seen now the total tick up to 54-and-a-half after it was, I believe, 51 for that game in week 17. Is this a spot to where you think that this might be a little bit more lower scoring than people suggest, or do you think that it could be fireworks once again with a game at Arrowhead Stadium? Great question, and I would present it this way. Remember, Zach Taylor was trying to control the clock second half, just three possessions each yeah. way in that game in Cincinnati, and that's the motive, or excuse me, that's going to kind of be uh, what you want to have if you're Cincinnati to beat this team. Uh, but remember the Buffalo game. It came down to the fourth down play by Josh Allen. If they don't convert that, the game stays under. Yep. Uh, I mean, Kansas City has the football. You feel that they could have gotten a first down, and it's going to be under the total in that one. So uh, when you have a high number like this, uh, Femi, it comes down to one or two drives. If you don't capitalize and you wind up either with field goals or turnovers in a red zone opportunity, it becomes tough then sometimes to get the number over the total. But with both of these teams, I will tell you on the outside with Hill and Chase, 
you know, one play, 75 yard drives are very possible. Yeah, and, and we saw that in the first meeting. Jamar Chase had a 72 yard touchdown, and then to start the third quarter, he had a 69 yard touchdown. Do you think it's possible for this Kansas City team to stop Chase? You say that defense is horrific. Last time these two teams played, Chase 266 receiving yards, three touchdowns, the performance that probably solidified him as offensive rookie of the year. Do you think that it is possible for this Chiefs team to stop such a dynamic receiver? Right now his prop is 85 and a half, I believe it is, over at BetMGM for receiving yards. I, I don't think they're going to slow him down. I mean, look, we saw what uh, – the kid out of UCF, uh, Dylan Gabriel, was able to do against uh, the Kansas City defense. All he had was four touchdowns. Gabe Davis. Gabe uh, Davis. The, uh, Gabriel Davis, yeah. yeah. The, um, so, you know, to me, it, it's a situation where I don't know if they're going to slow him down. Yeah, Chase right now, 85 and a half is his receiving yards prop. On the other side, Travis Kelsey, his receiving yards prop, 76 and a half right now. The Bengals have had trouble stopping tight ends when they played the 49ers earlier this year in the game that they ultimately lost. George Kittle had a big game. Do you see this being a game where Travis Kelsey, who probably is Mahomes' favorite target, to have that productive game over the middle where the Bengals' defense appears to be a little weaker? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, he's he's a guy you're going to see catch the football. I like him to go over um, 76 yards because the thing with Kelsey is he's so good run after the catch. You know, Kittle's probably better at breaking tackles from a power standpoint, but Kelsey in terms of purely running the football is probably the best tight end run after catch. And I think he'll have an opportunity, and especially for any reason if uh, Kansas City's trailing at all. You know, you could see him have a monster day. So lots of opportunities there in this one for him. Yeah, I think this game is – you kind of mentioned it right there with the total and how last week's game was probably trending toward the under, if not for the wild final two minutes of that fourth quarter. This week's game, I think, is – I don't think you can go over 54.5 just because you said all it takes is one drive, and if it ends up with a field goal or no points, that game is going to trend heavily towards the under in this spot here. But I want to ask you this, Amal. Which scenario do you think is more likely – a Chiefs blowout victory, so the Chiefs by double digits, let's say 14, 17 points, or the Bengals to win the game outright? Um, you know, I think it, go, it could go either way. I think people are underestimating how good Joe Burrow is. If he weren't a second-year guy, I don't think people would talk about this this way. You know, Mahomes had a tremendous second year, right? They got to the AFC Championship game. He was league MVP that year. Yep. And I think Burrow's being discounted a little bit. Zach Taylor's done a tremendous job. They know what the game plan is. Mixon can run the ball. I, I think the one thing that has to be taken into consideration is this four-year stretch for Kansas City has been incredible, you know, comparable to what we saw to the Buffalo Bills. However, they don't have the defense that Buffalo had. They don't have the defense to slow teams down. I mean, you look at – San Francisco was able to dominate that game by their defense. Really, if they don't give up that third down of 15, they're probably Super Bowl champions. We saw Tampa dominate the Kansas City Chiefs last year in the yeah. Super Bowl. It wouldn't be a stretch for this Bengals team, in my opinion, to get through this matchup. In your opinion, because we're talking about this Bengals offense and how Joe Burrow's fantastic, Chase is terrific, Boyd, Higgins, they have all these weapons out there for that offense. The offensive line, though, is a question mark. They give up nine sacks against the Tennessee Titans. Now, the Tennessee Titans' defense is better than the Kansas City Chiefs' defense, but this Bengals' offense, Amal, as great as they've been all throughout the season and as great as this run has been, they've only scored three touchdowns in their two playoff victories. Like, is, is it just purely that offensive line and the matchups with those two teams, or is there something else that's there? No, I think that's a great point you bring up. You look at this team, they have struggled a bit inside the red zone. That's definitely an area of concern. Um, but I, I think still, when you look at these other teams, as bad as the Raiders' defense is, I think Kansas City's defense is every bit just as poor. I mean, maybe not quite statistically as bad, but I think Cincinnati will have some opportunities in this game to move the ball. Um, 
You know, I think, though, that's a, that's a great counterpoint you bring up in terms of their failures. They've got to capitalize when they get in the red zone. You can't do like you did against mm-hmm. the Raiders and kick field goals. I think that's another point just towards the under there. If, if you're going to have red zone inefficiencies and some of those woes, then you can tend to see these games go under the total. We're going to ask Richard Skinner of Local 12 Cincinnati in about 30 minutes those questions about just what's up with this Bengals offense right now just because they seem to kind of almost be just kind of as exposed as they are from 20 to 20, they struggle inside the red zone. Quick final thoughts here. I know I don't know if you have a play in the game or not, but I want to just get your final thoughts on the game and just what you expect to see tomorrow afternoon. I think it should be an entertaining game. It should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. I, generally speaking, unless it's a complete blowout, conference championship games tend to be uh, very entertaining. So this one should be fun as well. I think it's the best day of the NFL calendar. I mean, it's, it's two games that are championship worthy where it's actually about football. The Super Bowl is a lot of fun, but uh, I think the conference championship is the best game and best day for the NFL. On the other side, we'll discuss the NFC. Amal thinks the Rams might be a little too valued in the betting market. We'll discuss that here. It's Betting Across America rolling along on VCND Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare to prepare for the big game and we want to make sure VEASAN is part of your plans. We'll be with you throughout the playoffs and then on championship weekend we'll have 56 hours of free video coverage on VEASAN.com leading up to our 6th annual live big game betcast. It's the biggest game of the year so make plans now to join the VEASAN betting experts before, during, and after the action on VEASAN.com. It is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Amal Shah here from the VEASAN studios at the South Point Hotel and Casino. As we're getting set for big slate in college hoops, Amal, before we get into the NFL discussion, I know you're sweating a couple things going on right now. Why don't you let the folks know what you're keeping your eyes on in the college hardwood handicap? I was just watching a Duke game. Louisville just fired Chris Mack at Duke here on the money line with Butler. I mean, Duke's going to absolutely trash this Louisville team because they <laughs> I mean, are this, trash. It's That's not the bu- good. 
Well, it's already 16 to three. Look, Duke's got potential five first round picks on this team. The challenge for Louisville all year has been offensively. So far, Duke's seven for 12 from the field. Louisville is just one for six. It's a problem because they can't even protect the basketball. I mean, you can't win games if you can't hold on to the ball, if you don't get shot attempts. Um, this Louisville team's going to go downhill quickly. I haven't heard much as to why Chris Mack was forced out. I know the Dino Gaudio situation obviously yeah. had something to do with it, but if that was the case, you would have fired him before that. What I find amazing is you want to fire a coach and you're going to give him a buyout. I mean, give me a break. I'm sure there's somebody you can find in uh, the, uh, the old state down there of Kentucky to sit there and say, hey, listen, Mac, we're going to get rid of you one way or the other, but we're not paying you out. It, it's so dumb. No, I'm serious. You kidding me? We I mean, live in Vegas. People lose, lose their lives for a lot less money. We're looking at the game right now with Duke, Louisville. Paulo Bancaro just made a nice little turnaround jump shot there for the Blue Devils. They lead it 18 to 5. Duke went off as six and a half point favorites, total 142. And Louisville got bet heavily overnight into this morning. This game was nine at open and went all the way down to as low as six, I believe it was, before we saw some of that buyback on the Blue Devils closing at six and a half. But this was a kind of a spot that a lot of people circled for Louisville being underrated and uh, undervalued. And right now we're seeing the Cardinals trail by 13 and we're not even to the under 12 timeout. You look at uh, Flor uh, Duke. I mean, who they lose to so far this year in conference? I think it was Florida State on the road. Miami, they lost to. And I think it was, I don't remember, but it might have been Miami. But my point being is, this is still a good team. I mean, you've got, you know, one of the top players in college basketball in Palo Bancaro. You've got potentially several other first round picks, including Wendell Moore. This team is dangerous. So. Uh, Louisville's just not good offensively. They've been, I mean, you go back to several games throughout the course of the season against Pittsburgh, against Wake Forest. Now, Wake's a good team. They're, they're far better than I think most people anticipated this year. But it's tough to play when you don't score. I mean, you can only hold teams down so long. Virginia's found that out the hard way now. Uh, without being able to score offensively. Yeah, Duke's three losses at your Ohio State Buckeyes, home against Miami, and then at Florida State in overtime uh, a couple weeks ago. So, Paulo Carroll and the Duke Blue Devils. Paulo's a Seattle kid. You know that, I'm all. I Co do know co that. Covered him back when I used to work in those neck of the woods. Why didn't he go to Gonzaga? Uh, they couldn't get enough money together? <laughs> I'm just asking. You know, you know, Duke does that crap, right? I, 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 I thought he was going to go to Gonzaga. The funny thing you asked, I did think he was going to go there. Uh, when I did a story on him, he was talking like kind of the, how those guys talk. And then, but he also did mention to me that he was a little starstruck when Coach K called him. So then that should have been a clue right there that he was going to go uh, over to the Duke. Duke Duke's bag men generally tend to be a little bit later in the process. That's Jabari Parker. <laughs> Moving along to the NFL, where a lot of guys get the bag in the professional ranks of football. The NFC title game has a Rams against the 49ers, an NFC West clash. These two teams met week 18. The 49ers won that game. In fact, the 49ers have won the last six straight up. But it is the Rams who are three-and-a-half-point favorites, total at 45-and-a-half here in all. And you kind of hinted in the previous segment that you think this line's a little too high in favor of the Rams here. Why do you think the Niners are the side? Well, first of all, when they played a couple of weeks ago, the 49ers were catching three. And that game was just as important for both sides. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden they're a three-point favorite. Look, I get Matthew Stafford is playing with tremendous confidence. But to me, I still have a lot of concerns about this team from a defensive standpoint. Can you slow down Debo Samuel? The one thing that benefits uh, the Rams is that Jimmy Garoppolo tends to make a critical mistake or crucial mistake potentially in the red zone or has a turnover that's detrimental to his team. If they can overcome that or if he can prevent that from happening, I think the 49ers have a great chance to win this football game. You look at the San Francisco team, 
defensively, they're outstanding. Nick Bosa and company can get after the quarterback. We know uh, that the running game in terms of the, and then the tight end, they do so many things extremely well. I think it's going to be a challenge here. Now, the one concern you have from a 49ers perspective is Cooper Cuffs had 240 yards receiving in two games this year against the San Francisco team. Can they slow him down enough? That'll be one area to pay attention to. OBJ seems to be really playing well of late. And then does Matthew Stafford make the big play when they need to? Yeah, I think this is the game that's going to be so fascinating, so interesting. A lot of people talking about the line of scrimmage, that 49ers pass rush yeah. against that Rams offensive line there. Now, Andrew Whitworth should be good to go for the L.A. Rams, which is big for them. He did not play in the game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Looks like he will play in this game. Trent Williams, though, is questionable. He didn't practice at all this week. Kyle Shanahan has been saying that Trent is adamant on playing this week, but the week 18 game where the Niners came back and won after being down 14 at halftime, Williams didn't play in that game either. And that's when that closed around three, three and a half. So now that he likely is going to play, we think he's not going to be hundred percent clearly if he didn't practice, but he should be out there. The fact that this line is still the same, it's almost like the betting market is just like, hey, eventually this Rams team is going to show it against the Niners. We get what the six last games said, that the Niners won all those games outright. But eventually, this Rams team is going to come up and big. You know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. I mean, shame on you, shame on me, right? But counter. how many times do you have mm -hmm. to get beat by this team? You know, sometimes they're just matchups that don't work particularly well for a team. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this Rams matchup is one that, I mean, that works extremely well for San Francisco. Shanahan's a terrific play caller. I love the fact that he's kind of got that Steve Spurrier style in him. Just, hey, you can't stop the run. We're going to keep running the ball until he's you relentless. stop it. Yeah, absolutely. And he's not a guy that needs to say, hey, my quarterback's got to throw the ball, right? If you're Matt LaFleur or some of these guys, imagine if you threw the ball eight times in a playoff game. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers would be like, hey, how come we're not throwing the ball? But here, he's going to do whatever's best for this team to win. I expect to see maybe a play or two where we see Trey Lance in a scenario uh, because he could be a, a dangerous threat in a run situation how the 49 excuse me how the Raiders use Marcus Mariota mm -hmm. Um, look, I hope the Rams win. I have the Rams at nine to one, seven to one, and six to one to win the conference. You've been on this team quite a bit all year long. I have, but I, I was concerned about this matchup with San Francisco. I think the 49ers, there are three to four teams in the NFL, Femi. If you look at their quarterback play, it's what keeps them from being great. Tennessee the Browns, the San Francisco 49ers. These are yeah. all teams that if I'm Russell Wilson or if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I force my way into a trade into one of these places, take the league minimum and go get a ring. Because can you imagine if you're playing in Tennessee, even if they got to eat the cap on Tannehill and you got that 18 wheeler behind you, yeah. I mean, you got to throw the ball 15 times a game. Can you imagine if Russ has got that running game with Vrabel, who's a terrific coach? Or if Aaron Rodgers is playing with Kyle Shanahan? Oh, that's unbelievable, <laughs> like, right? He's from, he's from the, where is he from? Chico he's originally? From yeah, he's from, he's from Chico. He's I went to school at Berkeley. I mean, it would be an opportunity <laughs> for him. You know, they could do extremely well in that situation. So we'll see what happens. Now, it's interesting because Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay used to work together in Washington. Shanahan was the offensive coordinator. McVay was under him as an offensive assistant. And Shanahan has gotten the better of this rivalry, winning six straight. So earlier this week, reporters in L.A. asked Sean McVay if – his old friend Kyle Shanahan is in his head after losing six straight to this 49ers team. Here's what McVay had to say. No, um, what I what I do have is respect for these guys. They've done a great job. You know, you look at it, um, you got to play well in that three and a half hour window that we're allotted. Um, you look at the last time that we played them, didn't finish the game, but, but this is a really good football team. We have a lot of respect for them, but um, you know, we're competing and, and preparing to the best of our ability to go out and, and see if we can advance. But this is a really good team. Kyle's an excellent coach. They got great players, great coaches, good schemes. And so 
That's why they're in the NFC Championship. You know, the narratives are just endless with this game because there's the McVay is in his head. Then, of course, on the other side, there's the Matthew Stafford and like what can he make it to a Super Bowl? Jimmy Garoppolo, he might not be the quarterback next year, even though he's been to the NFC title game two out of the last three seasons. I'm just fascinated. I'm really excited to watch this game play. Now, you say you have a lot of Rams tickets and Rams futures. Do you think that you're almost kind of biased towards trying to almost secure a profit by no, taking no, the because 49ers? I already, no, because I already bet the 49ers on the money line. No, I, okay. no, no. no. I, it, it didn't cloud your judgment no, at all. You no, just no. saw the matchup. I said like, if, the if I didn't have the Rams, I would bet the 49ers in this game. Okay. I, I think they got a great shot of winning this game. I think they match up extremely well with them. You know, that's such a dumb question that he asked Sean McVay. I mean, no, it really <laughs> is. <laughs> do you, you think, you know, our, our, our producer, Elliot, who does a tremendous job here, do you think they asked Matt Painter in a post-game press conference, a big <laughs> Purdue fan, Matt, we know you're going to get bounced. You've got probably the best talent in the Big Ten without question. you got the best individual talent in Jaden Ivey. But do you think you'll get bounced in the round of 16 or round of 32? <laughs> now, he's not going to admit whether it is or not, but do you actually think that, McVay, or do you think it's just mainly the X's and O's matchup and it's kind of a tough no, sledding I just, for Sean I just McVay. think people are underrating how good the San Francisco 49ers are. This is a team that was a third down conversion away from beating the Kansas City Chiefs yep. and winning the Super Bowl. Tell me something. If we look, if we flip it and they get the stop there, do you look at the 49ers differently that they won a Super Bowl two years ago? I mean, it really came down to a player. So I think Jimmy Garoppolo, he, he's just a guy, okay? That's fine. But he, one thing that he does well is he will make the short throws. It's sometimes the pressure situations where he gets kind of eaten up a little bit. If he can avoid the mistake, they got a great chance to win this game. Debo Samuel, I mean. One Mike, of the best players in the league. He's the best offensive. He's the most dangerous offensive player in the NFL. He is so unstoppable. We'll discuss that more. Who would you rather have on the other side? Talking all things conference championships here on Betting Across America. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data. Now, this new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for money line over, under, and against the spread. Bets, betting splits are another way. vcin is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. It is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Bebefe alongside Amal Shaw coming to you from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. Talking all things college hoops, NFL Championship Sunday in a mall. With NFL Championship Sunday, I wanted to play a game with you called Who Would You Rather Have? And I wanted to start with the wide receivers because I think this is the most interesting discussion here between Cooper Cup of the L.A. Rams and Debo Samuel of the San Francisco 49ers. Now, Debo Samuel is one of the most versatile players, might be the most versatile player in the NFL for the 49ers here. And Kyle Shanahan was asked about Debo Samuel's value. As you see the numbers between the two dynamic playmakers and how Debo Samuel helps him so much as an offensive play caller. I think the biggest thing with Debo with the screens and stuff is that's what we saw in college, and it was it was abnormal how physical he was on him. Even when there was nowhere to go, um, guys run hard, but when he had nowhere to go, he looked for someone to impose his will on before he finished everything. And that's a guy who's not doing it just because he was asked. That's a guy doing it because he's probably been doing it since he was five when his dad gave him the nickname Debo, watching him doing it in the backyard against everybody. So that's just who he is, and. Um, 
it's a it's a lot easier to just hand it to them than throw them screens. Such a fitting nickname there of Debo, the physicality of the folks who have watched Friday, the movie with Ice Cube and Chris Tucker. But Amal, I ask you this: Who would you rather have on Sunday, Cooper Cup or Debo Samuel? I would rather have Debo Samuel, and the reason is because he's both an option in the passing and the running game. And Cooper Cup's unbelievable. There's no question about it. But Samuel, what I think the problem for the 49ers is, excuse me, for the Rams is their inability to tackle him. And that's where this McVay situation comes up. He's so physical. Go back to the second half of that game in week number 18. The 49ers didn't throw the ball. They ran the ball all the way down the field against uh, the Rams to get the touchdown. Debo Samuel even threw a touchdown. That That's game. exactly. That was the only pass on that drive, right? It was a Debo Samuel <laughs> touchdown pass. Um, I don't remember who it was to, but it, it was unbelievable how physical of a runner he is. And, I mean, it's just Cooper Cup's tremendous, great route runner, does so many things well for his offense. But Debo Samuel just, he runs so hard. It, it's You see that it's, it's tough to tackle him. Debo Samuel's almost like a microcosm of this matchup because we've heard all week long about the 49ers' physicality. And right. that's been the discussion when they played the Dallas Cowboys and then the following week when they played the Green Bay Packers is that these teams are unwilling to match the 49ers' physicality. And I think Debo Samuel is the poster boy for that. His rushing yards prop right now at BetMGM, 39 and a half yards. His receiving prop, 51 and a half. Do any of those entice you for tomorrow's matchup, given that he's going to be against a Rams team that people sometimes say is a little finesse? I, I like the uh, rushing over because, number one, he's got the capability of breaking a big run on you, 10, 12 yards. Also, if this game is tight, I expect him to have the football as well as Elijah Mitchell has played, and I like him a lot. I mean, think about this. They draft Trey Sermon in the third round. He can't get on the field. Yeah. Um, you know, Elijah Mitchell's a sixth-round kid out of Louisiana Lafayette. He's done a tremendous job for this team, and he's done really a nice job overall, but – Devo Samuel's the guy Kyle Shanahan wants to have the football when the chips are down, when you need a third down run. He's the one. On the other side, Cooper Cup, who is a fantastic player in his own right. And, I mean, it's funny that we're mentioning him second because he's going to be the guy who likely wins Offensive Player of the Year. Cooper Cup's prop over at BetMGM, 101.5 receiving yards. <laughs> that is an astronomical number for what you typically see for wide receivers. But you mentioned it earlier in the last segment that he tends to have really good games against the 49ers. And if there is a weakness for this Niners team, it has to be that secondary. Would you go over that prop even being a high number of 101.5 there? I, I would because uh, Matthew Stafford is so comfortable with Cooper Cup. But beyond that, he's had the track record against this team. And aside from a couple games down the stretch, um, he has really had a dominant, dominant season. I was actually surprised he didn't end up breaking Michael Thomas's record for receptions, but he has been incredible. Makes every catch, just does everything you need. I mean, how about that triple crown this year? 145 receptions, 1,947 yards, 16 touchdowns. Incredibly impressive what he's been able to do. Yeah, the, the triple crown, only five receivers in the history of the NFL have done that, and now he is one of those guys. He is Right now, to have more than five receptions, minus 1,100. Just goes to show how just integral he is of that Rams passing attack. If you think he can have t more than 10 catches them all, plus 200 at BetMGM. Now, that's asking a lot to yeah. have more than 10 catches, but maybe a little flyer there getting two to one on the money. It, it is, but I think that's a big number because – if you're San Francisco, you know he's going to be a key cog in this game offensively for the uh, Rams. And if you don't slow him down, it's going to put a lot more pressure on your defense and just the team as a whole. Does it surprise you that no team in the playoffs has been able to exploit the 49ers secondary? 
Because going in against Dallas, everyone said, oh, they got the wide receivers. If they pass the ball deep, they should do it. Now, the game last week, the weather was just a mess, so it's hard to pass in that sort of conditions. But this secondary for the Niners, which has been the weak link, hasn't really been exposed uh, thus far in the playoffs. I, I don't, Well, because remember, their front seven is so good. These guys get home. I mean, Nick Bosa, to me, it's funny. You know, obviously, there's going to be comparisons to Joey. I don't even think it's close. I think Nick Bosa yeah, is a better player. Yeah, I mean, yeah, by a fairly large margin, he's outstanding. Um, so for me, it's a situation where their defense is so effective. That's what makes the secondary even more effective because you don't have to cover for that extra second or two changes how effective the DBs can be. I want to ask you about the receivers in the other game. As we play, who would you rather have Mm -hmm. Kansas city chiefs, wide receiver, Tyreek Hill, Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver Jamar Chase. Chase has documented 266 receiving yards in the Week 17 win over the Chiefs. Tyreek Hill can go for 80 yards on a given play, uh, depending on how that works out. Who would you rather have among those two as we play the game tomorrow afternoon? Well, Tyreek Hill. I mean, the one thing when you look at Jamar Chase, he's had a case of the drops early in the season. He's corrected a lot for a lot of the season. But still. Remember when he couldn't catch in the preseason? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but Tyreek Hill, the difference is he's. it's not – he when he's off the ball, meaning like he's not getting the ball, it's a scenario where you know you got to defend him. You're so worried about him. Chase is a terrific player, don't get me wrong, but Tyreek Hill is just a threat every time, and we saw it in that game against Buffalo. He catches that ball on a slant, and I mean nobody can catch him even if it was flag football. Yeah, yeah. I think the important thing with Tyreek Hill, who's prop at BetMGM, 79 and a half receiving yards. Chase has actually gone up within the last 20 minutes here. He's gone up from 85 and a half to 86 and a half is that when Tyreek Hill had that heel injury in the season finale against Denver, I think you saw Kansas city's offense kind of just slow down a little bit because as you mentioned, he's such a threat on every single play that the defense has to look out for him and he stretches and opens things up for, for all the guys. He opens things up for Kelsey, he opens things up for Byron Pringle that he outside of Mahomes. And Burrow is probably the most valuable player on the field of the two teams. I, I would agree with that. I mean, we, when you look at what he can do, his capabilities, he really puts so much pressure on the defense. You know what? I'm going to give you a quick example. Remember when they punted the ball to Tyreek Hill and he almost housed it because mm-hmm. it was a re-kick? Yep. It reminded me of the situation in the Oklahoma State-Oklahoma game in Bedlam many years ago. Bob Stoops decided to re-punt, uh, re-kick the ball on a punt, and Tyreek Hill takes it 90. That Oklahoma State offense was not going to go 90 yards. But that was such a huge mistake. Hill takes it 90. They win the game in overtime. Oklahoma State does. So he's dangerous in so many different areas. That's why I would choose him over Jamar Chase. I mean, that's not a slight on Jamar Chase. It's just that Tyreek Hill right now, um, probably one of the most complete wide receivers, one, two, or three in in the NFL. I I think he's the best wide receiver in football. Like, I think it's it's not even – a question for me just in terms yeah. of his impact whether he has the ball or doesn't have the ball got about a minute oh you want to say something real no, quick? I was just gonna say I tell you what man that kid from Fresno Devontae Adams can flat out I, play I I, I get, and Adams I think is the best route runner but Hill in terms of his speed it scares the hell out of every single defense yeah but a- Adams can catch anything I mean like that catch he had in the playoff game where he kind of tucks the ball under his arm to make sure it's off the ground. Yeah. It no, just goes terrific. to show you his greatness. I mean, initially the argument would have been made, well, you know, he's doing well because he's with Rodgers. Oh, but no, 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 no. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a stud. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I want to ask you about the quarterbacks in the Rams 49ers game. Yeah. Who would you rather have in a big game like it is going to be tomorrow afternoon? Matthew Stop. Stafford or Jimmy Garoppolo? <laughs> We're not even having this discussion because it's not a discussion. It's, <laughs> it's, it's Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford, because everyone's been talking about how Jimmy G's not getting any credit, this and that. He's won four playoff games. Well, I'm sure Jeff Garcia is there to give him all the credit in the world. (laughs) 
By the way, I'm going to tell you right now, topics Jeff Garcia shouldn't talk about is how, you know, where to get a haircut. I'm sure he's well-versed on Rogaine. I'm sure he's a sponsor fairly soon. I, I thought we were going to make it the three hours without mentioning Jeff Garcia. Why would you? If, if somebody's an idiot, why not bring him up? I, I mean. That's why. Because they're an idiot. You know, there's so many things Jeff Garcia probably shouldn't talk about. Higher education. He went to San Jose State, right? I think Mina Kimes went to Yale. I'm pretty sure he'd qualify for the visitor's tour there, Garcia would. <laughs> Yeah, not a good week for Jeff Garcia. <laughs> um, but it's Matthew Stafford, who we haven't seen have playoffs success until this year, has kind of proven the doubters wrong a little bit this run with the win over the Cardinals and the win with the great throw to Cooper Cup to kind of ice off the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun to see. That, that, that was just bad defense by Tampa. It, it really was. <laughs> I mean, come on. Heck of a throw, though. It was, it was a great throw, great yeah. catch as the Rams went ahead to win that game. On the other side, Richard Skinner of Local 12 Cincinnati is going to give us the lowdown on all things Bengals Chiefs AFC title game. It is Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer on the last pro football playoff round before the big game. Simply place a $10 Moneyline wager on either game. If any team scores a touchdown, you'll win $200 in free bets regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use bonus code VEASAN200 when you make your first bet. Enjoy the playoffs like never before and earn M-Life rewards that you can redeem at any MGM resort. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use bonus code VEASAN200 to win $200 in free bets if either team scores a touchdown in this weekend's games. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi and Nevada. It is Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe of Malshaw, VEASAN Studios here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. And we've been talking about these conference championship games of all, so we wanted to go to the source. We're bringing in Richard Skinner of Local 12 Cincinnati to talk all things Bengals and the Chiefs. And Richard, thank you for joining us here on Betting Across America. How have this Bengals team gone about preparing for tomorrow night's atmosphere and crowd noise at Arrowhead Stadium? Yeah, they have practice fields adjacent to Paul Brown Stadium. They don't have an indoor facility, the Bengals don't, so even when it gets cold, they're practicing outdoors, but Usually they practice on adjacent practice fields. This week, though, 
They decided to practice inside the stadium and get that crowd noise piped in. I don't think you can simulate Arrowhead. You can try your best to do so. I've been there. Last time I was there was for a Sunday night game a couple of years ago, um, and the crowd noise then was loud. I can only imagine what it's like for a playoff crowd. So you can try to simulate it. You're probably not going to come all that close. When you look at the Cincinnati team and what they've been able to do offensively, how concerned are you about the offensive line in this matchup? Because they gave up the nine sacks against Tennessee. I don't know if Kansas City's defense is good enough to put up those types of numbers. And I think if given any amount of time, Burrow's going to be able to pick apart this defense. How do you see this one from a Cincinnati offensive standpoint and protecting Burrow? Yeah, the offensive line's been a question mark all year long. Um, you know, it's been even more so when since Riley Reeves got hurt after they signed him as a free agent. And they still managed to, to scheme and, and, and move around it. Joe Burrow's done a lot of that. Tennessee last week, as you mentioned, though, the nine sacks, and a lot of it they did a great job of keeping Burrow in the pocket um, and, and kind of collapsing around him and not allowing him some escape routes to go make big plays. Kansas City uh, got some pressure on Joe Burrow in the earlier meeting this month back on January 22nd, but he also got outside the pocket a couple times and made some really big plays down the field. He's going to face pressure. He's going to get sacked. He's going to get a hit. It's a matter of can he escape at times to make some of those big plays. And to his credit, he stands in there and takes it. I mean, he doesn't flinch. I asked C.J. Uzama, how was he in the huddle? I mean, you know quarterbacks would start yelling at guys and go, I'm tired of getting my blank kicked in. Can you please block for me? Said unfazed, just came back, called the play, said let's go. And, and I think that's him in a nutshell, to be honest with you. We're speaking with Richard Skinner, sports anchor at Local 12 in Cincinnati, talking all things Bengals-Chiefs, the AFC Championship game tomorrow afternoon at Arrowhead Stadium. Richard, this Bengals team in the Week 17 victory over Kansas City trailed by 14 points on two separate occasions. They were down 11 at halftime. Is there something that they found in the second half that you think can translate to Sunday's game tomorrow? Yeah, the first half, um, there was a handful of explosives they gave up. They really did a good job the whole game of not giving up explosive plays, and I think that was a big part of it. The Chiefs only had three second-half possessions in that game. They went punt, punt, field goal. They did have you know, the two drives in which they punted. They did pick up a couple of first downs, but then the drives kind of sputtered out. And some of it was, again, I think the Bengals did a really good job of limiting explosive plays. Tyreek Hill had six catches for 40. Uh, Travis Kelsey had five for 25. They had one pass play over 30 yards. I think some of it was you kind of forced Patrick Mahomes to, to dink and dunk more than he would like to dink and dunk. And then the fact you limited the possessions to three, I mean, that, that's, a, that's a rolling, to be honest with you. If you only get Patrick Mahomes three possessions and a half, uh, you're, winning, you're winning some kind of battle there. So I think some of it was part and parcel with what the offense did in playing keep away. But, yeah, they, they really did a great job of limiting explosives, limiting Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. I don't think it's going to be that easy this time around, though. Richard, Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard have had terrific seasons for the Cincinnati defense front in terms of getting after the quarterback. Mahomes is, I think, very underrated in terms of his mobility and movements in terms of keeping plays alive. How much pressure do you believe or feel that this team will be able to get on Mahomes to make him uncomfortable and be effective uh, from a defensive standpoint? Yeah, they did a pretty good job in that first matchup, but I will tell you there was one play in particular where Mahomes, it was towards the end of the half, Mahomes got out of the pocket decided he sees Tyree Kill flying down the field and Von Bell, the safety's on him. And I, and I kid you not, I'm not exaggerating this. Threw the ball 72 yards in the air on a dime, and Von Bell barely got a hand in there to knock it away. I think that's their biggest fear, is not maybe consistently pressuring him, but again, kind of like what Tennessee did last week. Cage, Cage Pat Mahomes in, don't let him get those escape routes and make those unscripted plays. He'll get some pressure on him. Trey Henderson's been really consistent all year at doing that. It's not a guy who's got five sacks in one game and three sacks in another. He went 11 straight games with a sack. He's 
constantly bending off that edge. He does a really good job of doing it under control where he doesn't go too far up the field and allow those escape routes. But they let Mahomes out a couple times that first time around. He made a big play on one of them. He almost made one of the most ridiculous plays I've ever seen on the other. Speaking with Richard Skinner, sports anchor at Local 12 Cincinnati, talking all things Bengals Chiefs. Richard, last week after the win over the Tennessee Titans, Joe Burrow said that we don't see ourselves as underdogs. Stop talking about us as some Cinderella story. What did you make of Burrow's comments there and how he's kind of transformed this organization into winners as we're on the doorstep of making it to the Super Bowl? I think that's who he is. And, and, and I, it was really, it was, I thought it was an interesting comment, too. Um, uh, and, and listen, it was kind of a Cinderella story. You know, this team wasn't supposed to make the playoffs. And then they win the AFC North. And they haven't won a playoff game in 30 years. And then they win one. And then they go win a second one. And I think that's the point where Joe Burrow wanted to make the point of, and he said it exactly these words, we're a good football team. we got good players. We've worked hard to get to this point. And I think that's the point where he, you're right, Joe, that that's exactly that's exactly the point. I think up until then, the narrative was right. It was kind of a Cinderella. For so the players, they kept you know, this whole mantra of, why not us? Well, now they're talking literally in terms of it is us. And I think that win over Tennessee was kind of that, I don't, it's not the final step, because you, the final step's winning a Super Bowl, obviously. That was kind of the, 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 the big step to take to finally have everybody believe hey, it wasn't too fluky to, to get to the playoffs, and it wasn't fluky getting that one win. You go to Tennessee, which was the one seed, now you got a second win under your belt. Joe Burr said, good team with good players. I don't know if it's good enough to beat Kansas City. Probably isn't on the road. But it is a team that, that, that's getting there. When you look at this matchup, the one thing that kind of stood out to me between these two teams the first time around was Zach Taylor's decision in the second half to kind of control the clock with the running game. Is that something we'll expect to see out of Cincinnati in this game to try and slow the tempo down? I think there were only three possessions each way in the second half of that football game because I think realistically, as good as Cincinnati's offensively, they realize you don't want to go you know, score for score against the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, do you want to give Pat Mahomes 10 and 12 possessions? Do you, what do you think the percentage of those touchdowns would be, right? I mean, you give him 10, 12 possessions, he's probably cashing in five or six of those into touchdowns. And that was a big part in that second half. Again, they only had the three possessions, only ran a handful of plays, and a lot of that was offense dictated. Some of it was with a control passing game, and some of it they started to run the ball better in the second half. And they've done that at times this year. When teams have lightened the box and have challenged them you know, with six-man boxes to say, hey, can you run the ball on us? They've, they've done that. They did it the, the, the first game against Vegas um, out there that they won when Joe Mixon went for 129 yards, almost had 100 in the second half. And then the next week at Denver, where that was really just a complete defensive struggle, and it was the run game that kind of bailed out the offense. So they, they are capable of doing that. But really, since the, since the second Baltimore game, it has kind of been Joe Burrow's game. They've really kind of gone a little bit more empty, spread it out a lot more, and said, we're going to ride you. And he's been ridiculous. In the last four games that he's played, he did not play the regular season finale against Cleveland. But in the Baltimore game, the Kansas City game, the two playoff games, he's 119 of 156, which is 76%. Wow. For 1,500 yards, 10 touchdowns, one pick, a passer rating of 126. Um, they're going to ride with Joe Burrow. But, yeah, Joe Mixon will be part of, of the attack in some way, shape, or form. Richard, we got one minute left here. i got to ask you, what's your prediction for tomorrow afternoon's game and uh, how do you see this one shaking out? I will say this, as a betting man, I would take the over. It's hard for me to see this. I think it's 54 and a half the last I looked. It wouldn't shock me if it doesn't close around 56. I think it's a big asset to, to go out there and win. I, I'm, I'm going to, as much as people in Cincinnati hated me to do it, and I've already done it in print, online, um, and, and, and on the air as well, Kansas City 38-28 sounds right. It wouldn't shock me if it was 41-31. to 31. I, I think both offenses will have, have good success. 
I just think the road, and as you mentioned, the pass rush will eventually will eventually get to the Bengals and they'll fall just short. He is Richard Skinner, sports anchor of Local 12 Cincinnati. Richard, we appreciate you joining us. And if the clock hasn't struck midnight and the Bengals find themselves in the Super Bowl, we'd love to have you back here on Betting Across America. That, that would be outstanding. Appreciate it. All Thank right. you. How about that? 38 to 28. He, th- he sees this one kind of going over that total, but he likes KC to cover that spread. Uh, you know, I, I kind of disagree. I know everybody likes Kansas City here, Femi. Uh, I think the Chiefs win the game, but I think the Bengals got a great shot to cover. Um, revenge came obviously for Kansas City losing the first game. They were dominant in the first half of that football game, but I still think the Cincinnati offense is being underestimated combined with the lack of ability to stop anybody from the Kansas City defense. Yeah, it's a game that I think that if Kansas City can get that early turnover and force a turnover on them, yeah. maybe they can stretch that lead, but um, I can see it being back and forth as this is a high total of 54 and a half. That does it for us at hour number one. On hour number two, we're going to start it with stop, drop, shut them down, open up. Props here on Betting Across America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare.